0: Rivals is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to Rivals, the show about music rivalries, beefs, feuds, long-simmering resentments. I'm your host, Steven. I'm your co-host, Jordan. Today, I'm very excited to talk about this rivalry because I feel like this rivalry has, in a way, become unsung. Uh, It was a big deal in the early part of the 2010s. It's funny because when I wrote my book, Your Favorite Band is Killing Me, I showed a copy of the book to a famous music critic. And there's a chapter in the book about Kanye West and Taylor Swift. And when he read the book, he was like, why aren't you talking about Taylor Swift and Katy Perry? Which is what we're going to talk about today. Because in the mid-2010s, it seemed like that was going to be the big rivalry involving Taylor Swift that Katy Perry was going to be her rival, not Kanye West. And, of course, now— We all, know differently. We know differently. All we talk about with Taylor Swift in terms of rivalries is her and Kanye West, which is, of course, a great rivalry, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on this show at some point. But, you know, I feel like a lot of people are talking about that rivalry. The, the, the 10th anniversary of the 2009 VMAs was, was recently, and, you know, there was a lot of retrospectives about it. We're all talking about it. But the unsung rivalry with Taylor Swift, with her and Katy Perry— is in a way just as ridiculous as the Kanye West rivalry,
3: if not more so. Like, wouldn't you say? I mean, this rivalry is is delicious. Oh, it's so good. And also, I mean, in terms of sparking their musical trajectory, I think it had more of an influence than Kanye by far on both of their musical output. That's a bold statement. Oh. I like it. Well, Are you stand by it. that? Oh, I, I stand by that. I mean, think about it. Listen to Witness, listen to Reputation back to back. All right, well, I, I, feel like,
0: I feel like if you're going to throw something out there, we got to build the case. Okay, let's build but the by case. by the end, maybe people will agree with you. They're like, I'm not sure about it right now, but 45 minutes from now, after we've laid it out, maybe they will say that.
3: All right, let's dive into this battle.
0: <laughs> Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, they start to intersect around 2009, 2010. They become friends and they start beefing. But I feel like if you look at their careers before that point, there's some interesting parallels. Like, for instance, let's talk about Katy Perry's career. Now, she she's born in 1984. Like Taylor Swift, she starts her career relatively early. Like she gets a GED when she's fifteen, and she uh, starts, you know, pursuing a musical career, not in the secular world, the commercial pop world, but as a Christian pop star. And in two thousand one, she puts out her first record under her birth name. Do you know what her birth name is? Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Now. There is another Kate Hudson.
3: A very famous Kate Hudson. A very
0: famous Kate Hudson. And, you know, if we if we think back to 2001, that was around the time that Almost Famous comes out. And it just makes the more famous Kate Hudson, at least at that point. It blows her up, makes her a huge movie star. Now there's a woman coming along called Katie Hudson, trying to put out a Christian pop record right after that. It's safe to say that there was room for only one Kate Hudson in the world in 2001. So Katie Hudson kind of comes and goes. For the next, like, six, seven years, she's trying to get a music career going. She signs with Def Jam in Columbia. She gets nowhere with those labels. I believe that she recorded the song for the Traveling Sisterhood. Wait, am I getting... Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. The Sisterhood yeah. of the Traveling Pants. She's on that soundtrack. Shockingly, that does not turn her into a superstar. She is struggling really, really hard. She finally signs another record deal with Capitol Records in 2007. The following year, she puts out the song, I Kissed a Girl... That's her breakout hit. And this is an interesting thing. I had forgotten about this part of Katy uh, Perry's career. She was on the Warp Tour in 2008. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. The Warp Tour, of course, is the traveling tour that's associated with, like, pop-punk bands. You know, you don't really think of Katy like Perry. Good Charlotte. Good like, Charlotte, yeah. you know, Goldfinger. I don't know, like, all those, like, <laughs> all those, like, 90s band, yeah. Pop-punk bands or ska bands. And... Katy Perry's in that world. She's kind of like a Charlie XCX, maybe, of that era. Kind of like the, she's like a pop star, but she's kind of like an underground pop star. And then, of course, in 2010, things completely change for her. She puts out the record Teenage Dream, which is one of the sort of big blockbuster pop records of this decade. Some would say one of the best pop records. I would say Of modern times. And it really turns her into the Katy Perry that we all know and love today. Like, that is sort of Katy Perry, I guess, that might be like Katy Perry 3.0 at that point. She's had many career reboots, but that is the Katy Perry that sticks. Let's go back again. We have Taylor Swift. Now, while Katy Perry's trying to get her career going, Taylor Swift is becoming one of the biggest country stars pretty much right off from her first record, which comes out in 2006. And I don't know, do you know much about, like, Taylor uh, Swift's, like, early career? Like, she, you know, her dad, like, was, like, a stockbroker
3: and, like, moved to Yeah, in the Pennsylvania. They, in like, Pennsylvania. They in Pennsylvania and then went down to Nashville to, uh, to try to better position her, yeah.
0: And apparently her dad actually
3: bought part ownership of Big Machine
0: Records, which was, like, her original record label. So, like, Taylor Swift is sort of, like, the prototypical child star at this point. Like, she's a talented kid. She's a cute kid. Her parents are behind her career 100%. And... I think it's safe to say that this paid off big time in the case of Taylor Swift because in 2006, she puts out her first record. It's a self-titled record. She either wrote or co-wrote all the songs on the album. And that record is on the Billboard charts for like 150 weeks after that. becomes a huge hit, subsequently sells in the neighborhood of about 8 million copies. From there, she is on the way to becoming the biggest pop star of the early 21st century 2008 she puts out fearless in 2010 she puts out speak now this is around the time that teenage dream comes out and she's already making inroads from being a huge country star at this point to being a big pop star and in 2010 Katy perry is also a huge pop star. So now these two start being at the same award shows together. And this is like around the time they start becoming friends, right?
3: Right, yeah, they started off friendly. I mean, Taylor tweeted at her once saying how much she loved the uh, Waking Up in Vegas video, and Katie responded saying, you know, Taylor was sweet as pie, and kind of jokingly talked about uh, doing a song together. Have you
0: seen that? I don't remember that video, Wake Me Up in Vegas. is that? What what album is that from? I think that's... One of the boys, I,
3: I, I actually now I'm one of the boys. The 2008, 2008, yes, Perry record. I, I believe so. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I have we'll to get admit a lot of tweets about that.
0: But my Perry knowledge kind of peaks with Teenage Dream. So yeah. like before and after, I'm a little sketchier so anyway Taylor
3: was already a Stan big Stan invited her to perform stream. when she did her Fearless tour and when it hit LA she invited Katie to perform Hot and Cold together I mean they were relatively close uh, Katie gave an interview where she said that when they hung out one of the Grammy Awards uh, she got locks of hair from Taylor and Miley and wrapped them up in little bows and carried them around in her purse totally normal which is completely not voodoo behavior no. at all I no, think that I think that's very healthy Yeah, and it completely. doesn't creep me out no, in the least not at all and I'm absolutely not gonna and check eBay later to see <laughs> if uh, if that's where they wound up. But no, they were they were close and friendly for a while. I think they ch- attended each other's birthdays and things like that and everything seemed fine in Katie Taylor world until Taylor prepared to release 1989 in the fall of 2014 gave a Rolling Stone interview and she talked about, at the time, the song was unreleased, but a song on the album called Bad Blood. And she didn't mention Katie by name, but she said that the song was about one, another woman in music who, quote, did something so horrible that it ended their friendship for good. And she said things like, for years, I was never sure if we were friends or not. She would come up to me at award shows and say something and walk away. And I'd think, are we friends? Or does she just give me the harshest insult of my life? And then she, throughout the course of the interview, said that she, for her Red Tour, I believe, got dancers from that had historically worked with Katie. Katy Perry, on her uh, Teenage Dream tour. And then before the Red tour was over, um, when Katy released Prism in 2013, basically called up these three dancers who she'd had a relationship with and said, hey, do you want to come out on the road with me for the Prism tour? Or Prismatic, I forget what it was called. And, uh, if you know, you're welcome, but you have to leave the Taylor's tour early. So let's pause for a second. You
0: know, 2012 is when Red comes out the Taylor Swift record your favorite Taylor
3: Swift record that I'm is told. my favorite that ta- is I, that is a
0: bold I'm very surprised
3: uh, it's, not that. it's not uh. bold it's not bold
0: it's not bold if you have good taste ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it is obviously the let's call it the watershed of Taylor Swift's career she puts it out in okay. 2012 it has a little bit of country in it and it has a little bit of pop it's in it it's the bringing it, it all back home of it, uh, of Taylor exactly it's the bringing it all back home of the Taylor Swift career it's the exile and Main Street <laughs> of Taylor Swift's career doing a little bit of everything on that album and, and doing everything very well so she's going to be doing this blockbuster tour in, in support of it. And again, she's she's going into the pop world, so she needs backup dancers. You cannot be a pop star if you do not have a, a crew of backup dancers behind you. A fleet, a phalanx. A fleet. And yeah, so she tried to hire three dancers from Katy Perry. And then, of course, Katy Perry, she puts out her record Prism in 2013, which again you know the katy cats out there might disagree with this i think it's safe to say that prism is sort of the beginning of her decline as a pop star teenage dream is a peak prism is like when she's starting to sort of be a little bit more introspective a little less sort of colorful and brash and over the top which kind of defines her teenage dream era she's trying to be like a little more sort of singer songwriter mm,
3: not really working for katy perry but so she and she took these dancers back Right, Right. and um, it, it, I don't think it was done, I mean, I, I have no idea, I don't know these people, but I don't think it was done in a malicious way. They go, yeah, you want to come back and work with me like you did a couple of years ago? We can um, speculate I mean, here. Okay. I, what do
0: you say? Let's I speculate. Don't
3: think it, I, really, I genuinely don't think it was meant in a malicious way. I think they had a prior relationship and they got along well with her and said, you know, you want to come back on my next tour? Great, but you're going to have to leave the Red Tour a little... Early, I forget how much early, but, but
0: Taylor Swift takes this the wrong way. She's yeah. like, "You this are is, this is an destroying act of pure my aggression. Tour. This is invading the Sudetenland. land. This is this is bad. This you is are, very bad. You are removing a brick from my jenga of of <laughs> greatness here. My tour is going to fall apart because you've removed these three dancers. So it's understood that this is sort of like the beginning of their feud, right? Although there is an alternate theory here, Yes. I know we, you. the John Mayer theory, chaos agent, where yes. John Mayer is a chaos agent. And the relationship between Taylor Swift and Katy Perry, because we all know that John Mayer and Taylor Swift appeared to have some
3: sort of relationship very, very briefly. Circa.
0: December 2009 nine to February
3: of, of that of 2010, I think. It was very yeah, brief.
0: But it's major enough for Taylor Swift to write a song called Dear John that Great appears song. on the third Taylor Swift records speak now. I don't know if she ever officially confirmed that's about John Mayer, but it's like called Dear John. We know John Mayer's a dog. Has she ever confirmed that? I don't think I she's don't ever I don't think she has, it. no. So I find it hard to believe that there wasn't at least some role that he played in at least turning maybe Katy Perry... In a negative
3: direction towards Taylor Swift, that's possible. I mean, Taylor always went out of her way to say that their feud was never about a guy, never about a guy. It was business. It was it, it was about this this tour dancer business, uh,
0: which I, I, and I like that. That's supposed to be the more reasonable explanation that it's about uh you know it's not you know, it's not about her boyfriend. It's about these dancers, you know, like because that's more of a reason. Well, it's her to- work. It's her career that's versus true.
3: fighting over. Well, but, you know, a uh, guy, I mean that that's such a a, a reductive way to, to think of women way. fighting.
0: Well, and and to be clear, I'm not saying that um, they were fighting over John Mayer. I don't think Taylor Swift was interested in John Mayer. I'm just saying that from Katy Perry's perspective, you know, her boyfriend is John Mayer, and Taylor Swift wrote a song that humiliated John Mayer publicly. You think that uh, at least subconsciously that would maybe affect her opinion of Taylor Swift, like if you know she's not a pop star. She's like an ex who has like written a a really mean Facebook post about the man that you love except it's like a hit song that has sold on an album that sold like you know 10 million copies. So anyway, I'm just floating that out there. I find it hard to believe that 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 didn't have at least some role to play
3: in this whole mess. Very, very interesting theory. Very compelling theory. All right, hang on. We'll be right back with more Rivals. sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world.
2: Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: It goes beyond dancers, right? I mean, there's other things that happen after that. Well, that was sort of the point when it all became public. And then, of course, she released Bad Blood the Song. And then um, a few months later, uh, I think it was after the Billboard Music Awards in May 2015, she released the video, which she basically has her entire crew as this... You know, I think she plays an assassin called Catastrophe. I think is the character that, <laughs> right. that Taylor plays in it, and she has her her squad all act as her. Uh, you know, it's almost like it's almost like a Marvel cast or something. it, right. it, it is a, it a is. very impressive video. It's like the Justice League, right? And Selena Gomez, who was at least at the time one of her best friends, plays the villain in the video, and it's all very uh, superhero. You know, action movie. Uh, Good guy, bad guy, kind of thing.
0: And I can't remember the video precisely. I mean, is it? Are there any
3: like hints that she's talking about Katy Perry at all? Are there like any Katy Perry? Like, Not in Easter this eggs? one, I don't think. But later, and we'll get to that later with everything on Reputation. But yeah, right. then, then it got a lot more blatant. But also in the summer of 2015 was the whole VMAs controversy that kind of just was it seemed like a giant misunderstanding Nicki minaj was uh really disappointed that her anaconda video didn't get uh nominated for video of the year category and she tweeted uh if your video celebrates women with very slim bodies you will be nominated for video of the year taylor viewed this as a direct attack on her and she wrote back and tweeted back at her i've done nothing but love and support you it's unlike you to put women against each other maybe one of the men took your slot and it, it started this whole kind of awkward back and forth. Katie weighs in on Twitter also, because everything now and when the uh, 2010s, every feud goes to Twitter immediately. Absolutely. Uh, said that she found it, quote, ironic that Swift would cite the pit women against each other argument when her own song was literally about women fighting. Which is a fair point. Fair point. Point for
0: Katie Perry on that one, I gotta say. I, I gotta say I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here right now that I'm leaning towards Katy Perry in this I, I'm very sympathetic to Katy Perry. I I'm just throwing that I, just to throw that out there to the listeners. That anything I say after this, just know that I'm probably a little bit biased, so that will affect my commentary on this uh, controversy.
3: I will say, and I should have said this at the uh, start of the episode. I um I, I recently one of my tweets about Taylor Swift uh, recently went semi-viral. In like five minutes after I posted it. So I've experienced the power of the Swifties firsthand a week or two ago. And it was both awesome and terrifying. So I would like to say to all the Swifties, my eardrums are not fit to receive her musical gifts. Taylor Swift is a better person than me. Well, uh, now, well now you're going to stick the Katie Cats <laughs> on you, though. Well, no, you're the right. Katie Cats, they don't play either. That's so, true. That is true. Uh,
0: so, but I think Taylor and uh, Nicki Minaj. I believe that they reconciled at least briefly. They, they performed
3: on stage at um at the VMAs that year. Actually, they did. I I think it was I think it was Bad Blood. Maybe I'm wrong. They had some kind of medley the where irony. Taylor and uh, and Nicki performed together. Am it's I... almost
0: as if everyone in pop music is an opportunist,
3: and they will <laughs> maybe. they will shift that royalties is... at the drop of a hat.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe that's the case.
3: I don't know. I'm not. I'm just. Some people might say that. But there were other little things that went down that summer. I guess when Taylor was on tour and she performed Bad Blood, they had one of her dancers dressed as a shark, <laughs> af- which was obviously after Katy Perry's famous Left Shark uh, dancer at the ah, Super Bowl that the year. Pettiness. Which is great. Oh, it's so good. And like then why? 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 but wait, Katie. What's the point of that? That summer, maybe it was that fall, Katie announced that she was releasing a perfume called Mad Love. <laughs> right. A lyric, of course, from bad blood yes um but then it really all kind of boiled over again in uh the summer of 2016 when taylor and uh calvin harris were breaking up and in the midst of their breakup it got kind of messy calvin harris had had written and and produced a song for rihanna is uh this is what you came for and it became known that uh taylor had co-written it under the name uh i can't even say it nils Joburg. it's (laughs) yeah like it's like Calvin Harris and the Swedish chef teamed up to do this song for Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but Calvin thought that Taylor's side maliciously leaked this information, and he started tweeting all this stuff, which he then deleted. Um, he found it hurtful to me at this point that Taylor and her team would go so far as you know, making him look bad. And then um, he said, I know you're off tour, and you need someone new to try and bully, like Katie, etc., but I'm not that guy. Sorry, I won't allow it. And uh, Katie... I just responded with a gif of uh, Hillary Clinton shrugging, which is great. And then she also retweeted her own tweet from May 2015 that said, Time, the ultimate truth teller. See, I'm
0: just picturing Katy Perry sitting in her house in, like, L.A. (laughs) and just, like, having gifts. With candy all around her. (laughs) Candy all around her, but just having gifts, like, locked and loaded, ready to go. Get drafted. It's like, okay, I know some bullshit's going to arise with Taylor Swift at some point. But, like, she had, like, a hundred gifts that she was, like, market testing with her friends. Like, you know, should I do the Hillary Clinton, like. Like, what'd you do, like, shrug? Or like, yeah, it was like, it was Hillary at one of the debates shrugging, I think. Like, should I do a Hillary Clinton gif? Should I do, you know... Michael or, Jackson uh, eating popcorn in the front row. Yeah, like exactly. That's a, that's a classic, yeah. <laughs> right. And they said, no, no, no,
3: definitely yeah, yeah. the Hillary Clinton <laughs> shrugging. <laughs> that is the way to go. So I mean, was that it, or it kept going? I mean, and later for uh, for Katie's birthday that fall, she went to a Kanye West show and uh, Instagram lived her singing along to uh, to Famous, oh. the the verse. Uh, you know, I made that bitch famous. She she's doing it on her own face when Kanye on the stage is singing that, and she's dancing along to it, all happy. I don't remember that part. No, that, that.
0: this gets this gets real that deep. seems... A little. The other things are kind
3: of funny. Now we're getting like it's a we're, little, yeah. you're definitely cause, poking cause that, the bear. That, that video, yeah that that was wrong on every level. Poking the bear, man. And then uh, also, I guess a fan tweeted at her and said, "Will you collaborate with Taylor Swift?" And she said, "If she says sorry, sure." For a while, this is like pretty one sided. Because I, I feel
0: like Taylor Swift. Well, she did the uh the video from Reputation. Look what you made me do. Yes. No. That
3: I have a lot to say about that. But before that was. Katie's album, Witness, yeah. came out in May uh, 2017. Swish, swish. Swish, swish, yes. I mean, basically, a major talking point of her entire you know press cycle for for Witness was just talking about this feud. I mean, she was did an interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, the, the May that it came out. Uh, you can't mistake kindness for weakness and don't come for me. Anyone, 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 anyone. And that's not to any one person, and don't quote me that it is, because it's not. It's not about that. Honestly, when women come together and they decide to unite, this world is going to be a better place. Period. End of story. But let me say this. Everything has a reaction or a consequence, so don't forget about that. Okay, honey? Which is kind of terrifying. Then she drops swish swish, which has the, you know, don't come at me mantra all through it. Uh, it, It's clearly directed at all of her haters, seemingly obviously at Taylor. Don't you come for me? No, not today. You're calculated. I've got your number. Because you're a joke and I'm a courtside killer queen. (laughs) Which is, which is like, that's like an LL Cool J line. That's a great, like, don't come at me. And, uh, you know, and then of course there was a. uh, Come at me with what? Like, what? Like uh, a switchblade? (laughs) Or something? uh, A a music video, presumably. So then, uh, you know, in case there was, you know, any misunderstanding about who this was about, uh, Nicki Minaj, Taylor's one time. Fo did a guest verse on it, and um, the artwork for the single features a Katie's hand uh, clutching receipt for karma, coffee, and tea. Oh. Right? So this Boom. this opens the floodgates. She goes on uh, James Corden. James asks if there's, you know, what the deal is between t- uh, Katie and Taylor, and she says, honestly, you know, it's true. There is a situation. Uh, it, she started it, and it's time for her to finish it. Or, you know, almost her exact words so again, demanding an apology, right? From and Taylor then, Swift. And then uh, in NME, she said, "I'm not Buddha. Things irritate me," <laughs> which is pretty amazing. I think she's right, and uh,
0: she is not Buddha. No, she Rock is Rock solid. That is a great argument. Rock is not, solid like, argument there. You're not going to, you, you can't disprove that one.
3: The whole press cycle for that, it got really, it, she opened up a lot, which on one hand, you know, I, I applaud. I mean, she did that like, I think it was a 48 hour li- uh, YouTube live stream thing. Right. Where well, she was uh, like
0: ranking like the boyfriends that she's had, like sexually. I think I, that was part I, of I it. I think that was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that press cycle, one of the great press cycles of the 2010s yes for, for,
3: for it, that album's kind of a disaster what is didn't I mean just the the, the, the stats bear it out didn't do well didn't I think, I think well. it was her
0: only album that didn't go platinum she did that like weird SNL appearance with like that kid like flossing oh, yeah. the flossing I about kid I that yeah and uh, it just seemed like I'm just going to throw everything against the wall to try to go viral with this right. album. I'm going to get YouTube stars in here. I'm going to be, you know, yeah, I'm doing the 48-hour, like, live feed thing. I'm just grasping at straws at this point.
3: And the 48-hour feed thing was when she uh, gave an interview with Ariana Huffington, where she basically said, you know, I I, I forget her exact words, but something like, you know, oh, I oh, actually, know here they are. I love her and I want the best for her is what she said. To Talking Katie. about Taylor Swift. Yes. Katie said that about Taylor Swift. Taylor, after all the press in this album cycle, responded by the day that Witness was due to be released, uh, she put all of her songs back on Spotify. Right. Which and she famously took them off a few years before due to, you know, disagreement about Spotify's payment practices. Classic upstaging move. Yes, which was pretty great. I mean, that 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 is a if you,
0: Hey, if you host a podcast about music rivalries, it's a gift from heaven. Oh, yeah. That, t- that kind of pettiness, you you know, you can't you can't hope for more than that. If you're just a hu- decent human being, you might go, eh, I don't know about that, Taylor. Your karma receipt with the, what was it, with the coffee and the what? Uh, it was ca- uh, coffee and tea. Karma coffee and tea. was That the, receipt, uh, man, it just went up yeah, oh, with yeah. that move, Taylor. Uh, and then she puts up the video. Look what you made me do.
3: Yes. Take I mean, another that, shot at that Katie. That sent Swifties into, you know, Beautiful Mind style searching through it for Easter eggs. Now, something i should have mentioned earlier when the rolling stone interview hit that uh, taylor sur- sort of first hinted at there being something off between uh between her and katie uh the day that it hit katie tweeted uh beware of uh, regina george in uh sheep's clothing regina george being the uh the, the bu- antagonist the bully in uh in mean girls is that uh rachel mcadams yeah, think, yeah. brilliant portrayal oh incredible um rachel mcadams
0: <laughs> I love Rachel. Who doesn't love Rachel McAdams? <laughs> no, I know she's
3: amazing in that movie. Oh yeah, I mean incredible. Amazing movie. Amazing in every movie. So Taylor, in the fall of 2017, after all the witness dust has settled, uh, puts out "Look What You Made Me Do." Yep. The um, the beat to it, fans have observed. I can't confirm whether or not this is actually true. Uh, sounds remarkably like, and may actually be sampled. I think it just sounds like. Uh, the Peaches song Operate which is featured in Mean Girls in the scene when Regina George played by Rachel McAdams is getting dressed for Halloween Oh, And so that beat that is, you know, one of the main Regina George scenes in Mean Girls is the, you know, backing beat to Taylor's revenge song, What Would You Made Me Do?
0: I love this because I think it's acknowledged by most people that that is like one of the worst Taylor Swift singles of all time. And like it kind of screwed that album over because people were so turned off by that song. But I love that Taylor Swift said, you know what, I don't care. I'm still going to like reference this song from a movie that my arch rival referenced in a interview it was in a, tweet. Three, in a tweet three years previous because that is more important to me <laughs> than putting out a single that would actually set up my album in a better way
3: no and of course you know mean girls had the burn book in it and then there's the lyric i got a list of names and uses in red underline. i mean there's a, <laughs> right. there's a lot of me i mean fans i should i should you know reiterate that these are all things that fans have been saying i i have no i'm just i'm, I'm just asking questions i'm just it's all true <laughs> it's all the fans are right But, and then of course, you know, locked me out and threw a feast is another line, which, and Katie had a song on Witness, Bon Appetit. thought maybe that the feast was in reference to that. I love this deep analysis. Oh, no, there's, I mean, there's so many. I mean, her fans are incredible with all the, I mean, you know, Taylor talks about that all the time, but her fans have these incredible theories that makes all the Paul is dead stuff look like I know. you know boring compared to this and then the, so the video for Look What You Made Me Do uh, features uh, Taylor dressed remarkably like Katie I can't say she's dressed as Katie but it looks remarkably like Katie has I like a short- how you're worried
0: that like you're gonna get sued oh,
3: if you because like like the Taylor Swift lawyers
0: or the Katy Perry lawyers are gonna descend I we have to couch our language allegedly
2: hey, she I, was extremely
3: I, petty in this video I work for People <laughs> Magazine this is this is part of my this has been grained like, into me
0: some might say that right. she was insane, <laughs> you
3: know, but we're not saying it. Some no, might say no, I just, I'm, I've that got she was off of a rocker at this saying, point. But uh, in the video, uh, Taylor's dressed looking remarkably like Katie at that time, the short blonde hair, and she's in a car crash, which seems to be a reference to uh, Witness being a car crash the <laughs> album. Um, <laughs> While
0: Taylor is having her own car crash. Because again, this is like, I mean, I actually like Reputation, but like, no, I, do too, but yeah. I think it's at least a flawed, I'm not going to say masterpiece, but it's a flawed sort of polarizing record. Right.
3: And, so, and this well, is, gets back to what I was saying in the beginning of the episode where I think, you know, Witness and Reputation, both released in 2017, both they both take on these characters of sort of, you know, villains and tough-talking villains, which is not my interpretation who they are, and I think that it 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 confused people, I don't think people were looking for that. I won't say that people didn't like that, but I don't think people were looking for that, and I think that it was inspired by one another, and I think for, you know, that year, a lot of what they did was related to that back and forth, and and, and they leaned further into those characters. We're going to take a quick break to
0: get a word from our sponsor before we get to more Rivals.
2: My name is Johnny B. Good.
3: sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world.
2: Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: That's kind of the beginning of the end, though, of this theory, right? right? You know, like I mean, reputation
3: outsold witness by a huge magnitude.
0: Well, and that relates to another theory I have about this feud that, that- I'll share in a minute. But, like, I think we should just say— We'll wrap up the feud. How, how did—because it got resolved in, like, was it 2018? 2018, or
3: 2018 it- May, she kicks off—Taylor uh, kicks off her reputation tour, and she receives a, a literal olive branch from Katy Perry, which uh, has a note—Taylor— Instagram storyed this, and you could read a little bit of the note. It says, hey, old friend, I've been doing some reflecting on past miscommunications and the feelings between us. I really want to clear the air, dot, 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 and you can't read the rest. And um, and Taylor was apparently really, really happy by this. I, apparently, Katie's team, I saw some interview in The Sun, I think, where Katie's team was kind of annoyed that that she Instagram storyed this because allegedly... They felt that it made her look like she was taking responsibility for the feud and well, apologizing. Well, I was going to say, because
0: Katy Perry's in the media saying, no, Taylor Swift has to apologize right. to me. She's and has this... been apologies for years, and yet she's the one who caves. Exactly. I mean, that that's what- And crawls back to Taylor.
3: But it, it did. <laughs> it, it went. It effectively ended the feud. And then in, uh, in this spring, uh, Katy's asked on all these red carpets about whether or not they'd collaborate again she said oh yeah you know things are getting better between us didn't they like big cookies or something right and then in in, uh, June um, I think Katie tweeted a picture of cookies that said peace at last on it and (laughs) added Taylor Swift on it and then Taylor wrote a comment with 13 heart emojis you know taylor's big number is 13 beautiful and then uh within days they had the uh taylor's you need to calm down video where the big reveal at the end you know it's a whole song about you know preaching tolerance and, wait a and unity wait a second so like they
0: just randomly tweeted this photo of cookies yes and then a few days later there's like a promo uh, for a video no not
3: a promo of the video wow so what a coincidence it's like
0: it's timed really well yeah you know okay so this ties into my theory here and this is an extremely cynical take what if this is all bullshit Maybe the fact that they now have reconciled is related to the fact that Katy Perry, with all due respect to the legacy of Katy Perry, is not quite the pop star that she was when this feud was really at its red hot most fury, like in the early 2010s, and that maybe it's more advantageous for Taylor Swift to, say, reignite a feud with Kanye West, who is still a very famous celebrity. Do you think at all that this just might be a trumped up thing and that they really didn't ever have like a serious conflict?
3: I I mean, I don't.
2: This is the extremely cynical take.
0: It's extremely... I'm being very cynical here. But, you know... And I'm not even, like... I'm not attacking them by saying this. I'm saying they're savvy.
3: If it was an experiment, and if this was a, you know, all trumped up to to go in it, you know, to take a left turn musically and and creatively, then I think you could argue that it was a failed experiment because I (laughs) think that, you know, I mean, Witness was, I think, Katie's first album that didn't go platinum. Right. And Reputation although a blockbuster and sold a lot, relatively speaking, didn't sell the same amount as 1989 and all the ones before that. And I think, you know, a lot of the reviews I'm reading for Lover, which is, you know, her her latest album, a great album, uh, a lot of people are saying it is, a, you know, a return to form. And I think some of Katie's recent music, too, if she has that new song, Never Really Over, which seems a lot more like Prism era, maybe not uh, Teenage Dream era, but that it, it seems like, okay, we went down this dark path um, and now we're back. This so, is what
0: I'm saying though, because they abandoned that because it didn't work. So now yeah, we're going mean, to, we're going to yeah. go back to being nice, you know, pop stars and we're not going to have conflict anymore. Cause that seems to be what people want. I'm telling you, man, question. Everything. It is, it is a, I, yeah, this is me. I'm like that, you know, if we're going to do memes, you know, like I'm like that dude from, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia with, the strings. with, with, with the, uh, yeah. the strings. I'm like that guy right now. No, I
3: got a tinfoil hat on. Don't worry.
0: Okay. So yeah. let's say you're going to make an argument in favor of Katy Perry. Okay. Like you're, you're on the Katy Cat side against Taylor Swift.
3: Like, what would be the pro Katy Perry argument? I mean, really, the first thing I would think of is is Teenage Dream. I mean, that album. It is is aside from Michael Jackson's Bad, it is the only album that has five number one singles on it. Which Pretty incredible. Just really incredible, especially for, you know, 2010. I mean, that that's an amazing achievement. And that album, I mean, maybe it's personal. Maybe I just, I, I, it came out the year after I graduated college. And, uh, you know, like any good millennial graduated in the recession, no one had any jobs. So we all moved back home. And we were all living with our parents. A bunch of me and my friends were living in the same house that we were in five years before in high school. So that song came out thinking about being teenagers, but we weren't teenagers. We were early 20s with no jobs. This is dark. About yeah, I'm this, sorry. A, this is a dark is, context. No, I, I feel like if if wonder, if wonder the Wonder Years TV show were made, you know, for the, for instead of 1968, were made in 2010, for 2010, I think that this song would be included in it. I think that there, there's a lot of emotion in that song wrapped up, at least it'd be for like, me. It'd be like
0: the ironic soundtrack of like millennials, like contemplating crushing debt and the, like, collapsing environment. It's like, like well, last instant- Friday night. And it's like, you know, like, you're showing, like, looking at your bills while, like, <laughs> this really happy pop music is well, playing Well, no, the, the, the
3: title track, I mean, Teenage Dream, I mean, to me, it was just, like, instant nostalgia for, like, right. you know, teenage years that were not that far earlier but felt so far removed and i mean i that song hit me that song you know hit hit me personally i don't want to speak for for you know anyone else but i i love that that album you know unabashedly it's one of my favorite albums of all time i think it's an incredible pop album
0: it's a great record and that would be my argument for her too is that i feel like there was a period of time where she was sort of the most fun pop star so I agree. I think her legacy is that record and it kind of cements her in pop history. Whenever people talk about pop music from that era, it just kind of signifies that record. And it would be the ironic soundtrack of 2010, which, uh, you know, was kind of a dark year. You know, you have the Tea Party (laughs) starting to emerge at that time and you have the economy's coming back, but it's still kind of sluggish. And yet we're all listening to this infectious pop record. Um, if you're going to make the pro Taylor Swift case, what would be the crux of, oh, of that case? I
3: mean, I, I started looking up her her you know record achievements and stuff, and I just got bored and just. I mean, right. it's just just so many. I mean, it, it's you know, I I don't think that you've had a female pop star who has taken such incredible ownership of her career and her art and her image. At that high a level for that sustained period. I mean, you had, you know, Lady Gaga did it for a while. I think and then it started to drop off a bit. I think, you know, Taylor could say Beyonce and Madonna, I think, are the right. the, the ones I, I can think of that, that did it for that long that well. I remember during the reputation era, you started seeing think pieces being
0: written about Taylor Swift being on her way out because there was this generation of sort of Internet native like pop stars, TikTok stars, yeah, or you know, even like like Lil Nas X you know, yeah, someone yeah. like that, who's like not part of the sort of pop machinery, who didn't come up through the ranks the way that someone like Taylor Swift did, who kind of comes out of nowhere and has this humongous song that is on the charts forever um, there was this idea, I think that Taylor Swift was kind of like a passe type pop star, and now we're going to have internet native pop stars who are going to take over, and which is not to say that that's not happening, but It is, I think, still true that Taylor Swift is, like, a dominant pop star and has been for, you know, going on almost 15 years at this point. So the case for her is that she is, like, one of the great all-time pop stars, and in a way, Katy Perry was sort of like a bug that bounced off her windshield for, like, a couple (laughs) years. That sounds worse than I mean it to say. That's not... We're all bugs off of windshields compared <laughs> off, to Taylor yeah. Swift. Okay, she's a she's like a multinational corporation at this point as a as a as a pop star. Well, um, I mean, the
3: thing about Taylor, I think, is so interesting too, is that the connection that she she. Has built with her fan base. I mean, her lover, the special edition version, like literally has pages from her diary. I mean, I, I feel like the connection that she makes with them. I mean, it really, just I, totally I, normal, by the way. Well, I, well no, I feel like the, I feel like I don't know who weird. Katy Perry is. I know for all of her songs that that are introspective and and try to present that that kind of more you know inward looking side of her. I feel like I don't really know her in the same way. Well, I
0: think with Taylor Swift, she's presenting a version of herself. Right. Even no, you're in those, right. You're even right. in
3: those diary pages. I mean, you know, Katy Perry did,
0: again, put herself on camera for like 48 hours. And, right, which know, I, I think, and I mean, is that's also, the more mind-blowing
3: thing. I mean, I right. should feel like I know her so well, but I, I for some reason, I don't. I mean, granted, yes, you're right. I mean, whatever Taylor's presenting could totally be skewed as, you know, a, a, a fiction. But I... Well, it's not even a fiction. It's just like a... It's a version of herself. I would never...
0: I mean, I think with all these people, you can't ever presume to know who they really are. I mean, there's always some sort of subterfuge going on, which there should be. You got to protect some part of yourself from public consumption, I would hope. In terms of like just them being together... I guess what is the
3: case for them sort of coexisting peacefully in the world? Well, I mean, the easy answer is good Lord. I mean, we don't need to pit women against each other. Right, exactly. So that's kind of the the my go-to answer
0: for that. Um, you know, at this point, I feel like Katy Perry has her lane. I'll always love her big hits. But like Taylor Swift is like in, an, in another league in terms of stardom, and in terms of her career. Like she doesn't need to be, you know... Driving the dump truck over, like, the the small car, you know what I mean? I mean, because she really is, like, so much, she's such an imperial, I mean, Kanye West is, I think people talk about, though, that rivalry still, because he is comparable to her in terms of celebrity, not in terms of his chart success. And artistry. Mean, and artistry, of course. I mean, we're setting artistry aside here for a second, because, <laughs> well, I'm just saying that in terms of, like, these sorts of discussions... Like the kind of records you put out i don't know how much that really played I, i'm just talking about like their celebrity anyway mm. i think that's why people still remember that so to me this just kind of lives on as like a colorful chapter in both of their careers that was ultimately harmless yeah as much as they dug in after each other it didn't seem like they were ever really like over the top or like crossing the line in a way that you could say about the kanye west taylor swift oh yeah feud. But that seemed to be crossing the line I mean, the famous video, drawing video was, blood yeah Um, and like the Kim Kardashian voicemails and all that stuff but we can save that for another episode because that is another rich chapter a rich vein of hate in the history of music rivalries Jordan it's always a pleasure talking with you
3: always a
1: blast
0: about rivalries and uh, it's always a pleasure talking to all of you at home listening or at the gym or wherever you might be or in your car or on the subway at the store with your karma and coffee and tea (laughs) receipt looking to take some karma back to the store Um, Thanks again for listening. Uh, We will talk to you all next week.
3: Rivals is a production of iHeartRadio. The executive producers are Sean Titone and Noel Brown. The supervising producers are Taylor Chacon and Tristan McNeil. I'm Jordan Runtog. And I'm Stephen Hyden. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I am
1: the ferryman. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast,